Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 11, Episode 17 of 7th Heaven. The title is Small Miracles. The IMDb user synopsis is... Annie hoped letting the twins make toast for them as Sunday breakfast would secure a quiet morning in bed with Eric. But they almost give toasting up altogether when Ruthie screams like a murder witness just because the diamond fell out of the promise ring T-Bone gave her, claiming in female logic beyond his sound mind they'll never get married now, so even Mac helps looking on all four, a pert sight, while Ruthie tries to reconstruct her walks before the earth-shattering loss. Eric has mood swings from confidence in God's mercy and taking anything as a sign, disclaiming to believe in those of impending death, such as a crow, actually a raven, but still keeps working, even with Red, an old man in bad health and mood. Meanwhile, Kevin doubts if Lucy's place is accepting a church of her own, while her dad is terminal. The crow frightens Lucy as a scarily black species. Mac takes a dim view of Sandy presenting hospital resident Jonathan Sanderson as her new partner, dumping Martin, her baby Aaron's loving father, and Mac's best mate. Kevin grills T-Bone about love, promises, and intentions with inspiring effect. Other couples draw their own conclusions for the future. Ellipsis. What was your first impression of this episode? Uh, this episode did not really hold our attention, and I think that's probably because it didn't actually hold America's attention. It was the lowest rated episode in, Ever. Yeah. In Wait, was it really? Just, yeah, it was. In not even, even worse than the... Um, oh, I think it might have been this season. Oh, okay. And... Uh, this wasn't a good season, though, so that makes yeah. it... I mean, I guess we've been giving it okay ratings. Um, but also, this was the first episode after it was announced that Seventh Heaven was canceled. I mean, but shouldn't that have happened years ago? Yes, probably. Um, okay. Let's get... Maybe it was a fake cancellation again to get everybody to tune in and then bring it back one but more it, time. But nobody tuned in, so they were people like, oh shit, we have to really cancel people it. People couldn't get enough of <laughs> T-Bone. Okay, yeah, so I guess we'll get into this. Um, as the uh, user synopsis said, uh, the episode starts with Annie and the Rev in bed, and they are discussing how great it is that um, part of homeschooling is that they've taught the twins to make toast, and they were like, oh, it gives us an extra 20 minutes in bed or something. Yeah. Um, and... Annie, well, the Rev is, like, pretending it's, like, for sex, and then Annie is like, no, it's because you're dying, and I need the extra 20 minutes with you, and he gets angry, and then Ruthie screams. Basically, the cold open kind of... murder witness. The cold open basically sets up the episode as it should, in that the Rev is of the firm belief that, like, there's no small signs anywhere that God sends you, that, like, these quote-unquote small miracles don't exist. Um, Whereas Annie's like, but they should... Um, As we saw, Annie's the believer yeah. from the Christmas episode. And um, that's when Ruthie screams because the diamond is gone. So we're... Well, <laughs> just gave it all away. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll get back to the whole diamond thing. But, um, we, yeah, so after the... That's, that's kind of the cold open ends with everybody like, we have to find the diamond from the promise to, promise to be engaged yeah. ring. Um, so we'll skip that for now and get to... Um, I guess, like, this is so tangential at this part yeah. point, the fact that Sandy is, like, was anyone really going to be interested in Sandy at all? Like, if, I don't know. They just needed people. They needed te- people to they fill time. They needed bodies. Space. Yeah, so, I don't know. Sandy and her new boyfriend, Dr. Jonathan Sanderson, which, beautiful, brilliant writing at 7th Heaven, because, of course, if Sandy marries Jonathan Sanderson, she will be Sandy Sanderson, and isn't that just so cutesy? Um, but... They go to see a movie together or something, yeah. and Mac is the t- 
ticket colleague who's there, and he's like, why are you not with Martin or something, even though you shouldn't be with Martin? Um, so Sandy, Sandy basically, Sandy and Dr. Sanderson put Mac in his place, and Mac kind of uses this as a time to be like, hey, can you guys help me out with my love life? So we're kind of brought back into this, like, very small plot of the fact that, you know... Mac is pining after Jane. Yeah. Uh, and earlier on in the episode, we have uh, Margaret, Jane, and Mac looking, helping to look for the ring in the Camcasa. And you have this, like, stupid scene where it kind of looks like the girls are checking out a Mac's Max butt. butt. <laughs> but they're like, no, we're not. And Mac's kind of taken that look to mean something. Basically, Sandy and Dr. Sanderson are like, you're wrong. It doesn't mean anything. You, you're an idiot. Yeah, you're an idiot. Like, the, trust us. Like, don't go looking where you think. You know, it's like, like don't go sniffing somewhere where you shouldn't be. Also, with your roommates, not yeah, a good idea. Not a good idea. Um, and the that that base, basic plot really just ends with them with Sandy and Dr. Sanderson telling each other that they're in love with each other. Um, it's all like so it's romantic and shit and. Meh. I don't know. This, this we don't like. Are we I don't know. I can't. Like, we like have seen this guy twice, and now they're in love yeah. because they talked on the phone like every day the week prior to this. Um. Meanwhile, y'all, uh, we have what's happening with um. So this kind of ties into the same yeah. thing with Ruthie and T Bone and the ring, where I don't even know how this happens, but like I feel like the first time we see Lucy like at home and dealing in her own storyline, she like open. There's like, is there like a knock at the front? She opens the front door for some reason, and there is a crow or a raven, I don't know, a scary, ominous looking bird. Bl- like an ominous bird. And Lucy is like, oh my God, this is a sign. Everything is bad. So this kind of, the reason that this is important to Lucy's plot is because Lucy and Kevin are currently discussing something. Basically, Lucy seems to be offered... <laughs> They're discussing something. something. Lucy seems to have been offered a job as a minister at a different church that isn't her father's church. She's getting headhunted. So her whole thing is like, God would not send me this job opportunity if my father was close to dying. Like, obviously, I can go to a different church because that means my father is going to be okay. Otherwise, she, they wouldn't let me be so far away from my father. And Kevin, Kevin's like, I don't think that's how God works. And that's when she opens the door, sees the blackbird, and is like, oh, no, something bad's about to happen. Maybe I should not take this job. Right. And then Kevin is also like, oh, maybe that's a bit of an overreaction. He's like, maybe your initial instinct was a little bit too far, but like reacting to this bird in such a dramatic way is also not the right move because like it's basically people like taking little signs and making it think it's like it's a sign of coming doom yeah or like or basically like every little thing that's happening is like some sort of message from a higher being or whatever and not just like coincidence yeah. or bad things happening or to just bad you know people. life yes um and this is kind of the same thing that's happening with the rev and annie so as we discussed earlier the annie the annie <laughs> excellent <laughs> annie is looking for some sort of sign to say that the rev is going to be okay and the rev is like that kind of sign doesn't exist but then the rev sees this black bird like the same crow raven thing and he's freaked out because he's like this is a bad sign I'm going to apologize for the sirens. It's just really obnoxious, and I blame the person. There's no emergency with that whoop-whooping pattern. So I apologize to our listeners, but I'm not. I'm blaming the person who is operating the siren vehicle. 
so the raven, the raven, the rev, really fucking it up here. But the rev um, sees this blackbird, kind of sees this as a, a bad sign, and kind of like goes back on his whole thing with Annie, where like those signs don't exist. Both are symbols of death, right? Ravens and crows. I can't like uh, the raven. Obviously, is like a like creepy poe yeah. thing. But like I think crows are also so, like a sign of death, or like because well, I guess like they kill crops. That's why they have scare crows. Right. I don't know. Mm. I think crows are also a bad symbol. Like crows are a negative different signal symbols. in Indian cult in like my culture. So I don't oh. know what it is. In I don't know. Culture, but, but like, if a crow caws after you speak, that means you're lying. For in in in, in certain Indian communities. I'm, well, I'm googling. Uh, are they bad to eat? Oh, crow and raven folklore. Yes, they are both bad. Oh, but if you, it's bad luck to kill a crow. Just don't do it, guys. Don't do it. Don't kill any birds. So we find out... So this kind of relates to this plot with this character named Red. Red is a veteran of sorts. He's a recipient of the Purple Heart. He's an old man who is also dying. He's in bad health and spirit or attitude, whatever the synopsis said. Um, to be honest... We didn't uh, pay attention, we, we, pay attention to this. we don't know what his deal is, <laughs> yeah. but I guess he was, like, nasty to the Rev, or, like, he's, like, just got a bad attitude... And that plays into something. But at a certain point, the Rev is looking at the Purple Heart. We don't know where he got, like, we don't know how he got it or where, what war he got it in. I mean, that might not have been addressed because it usually isn't on Seventh Heaven. But I don't know. The Rev goes to see this guy in his Purple Heart. And they're both. We have nothing to say about it. They're both in bad (laughs) health. Uh, I think there's, like, the overall ending message of this is that the Rev should, like, the things are going to happen, but the Rev should definitely listen to the people around him and, like, take into consideration what they're saying and not kind of do things, like, willy-nilly. In his own way. Yeah. Like, just because you're not getting any signs from God or you are getting signs from God doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention to the things happening around you. Yeah. There's Um, real life, too. Yeah. Anyway, so then we're back to this. So the first thing when we come back from the cold open is, like, uh, Mark, wait, no, (laughs) Mac, uh, T-Bone... Kevin, and I, is the Rev there, or Ruthie? I, 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 thought, I thought it was four men. No, it's the twins, Rev and T-Bone. No, but uh, Kevin is also there. I don't think he's on the floor. I know the oh. people on the floor Anyway, are... there are a bunch of people looking on the floor for the diamond from this promise ring that T-Bone gave Ruthie. It is very small. They can't find it. Um, Ruthie tells T-Bone, like, they have to find it because um, it's a sign, like, the, the diamond falling out of the ring, like, is a bad sign that, like, their relationship isn't going to work out, and if they don't find it, then their relationship is doomed. And T-Bone is also just, like, no, don't read so much into small things that happen like this. He was, like, I mean, he was probably just thinking, it probably means it's a cheap ring. <laughs> yeah, T-Bone is not worried about, doesn't seem worried about this at all throughout the episode. Um, so basically... Ruthie is putting a lot into the fact that this, it, what's happening with this ring. Um, Kevin kind of looks into this as like, okay, are they really concerned about the ring because it's a promise to get married? Or, or is it a promise to have sex? Right. And is that why you want to find the diamond from the ring so badly? So a lot of this episode like revolves around people on the ground looking for this diamond. Which is how we get Max, but yeah. in Jane and Margaret's face. Eventually, I think the twins are the ones that find it. But because of the way that the twins find it or something, Ruthie realizes that the ring is probably not as, like, precious and expensive as she initially thought it was. Also, I just realized when you were saying it now, she realizes that T-Bone isn't distressed about it because he's, like, 
feeling kind of off the hook, I yeah. guess. Like, he's like, oh, well, if the ring fell apart and she thinks it's a bad sign, now I don't actually have to. So Ruthie is like, you don't really care about me. You got me this cheap ring, and also then you didn't even want to find it because you actually don't want to promise to be engaged to me. Um, this was all just, like, I don't know. It kind of just seems like... like You're just playing games with me. It kind of just seems like T-Bone, it keeps on just doing things because he He thinks thinks it's what Ruthie wants. Like the tattoo and the commitments and the sex. and I mean, none of these things other than the tattoo actually happen. But, like, it's, um... Yeah, if you can't tell, this episode did not grab our attention, did not keep our attention. It... It was... Well, and also, I'm just also just like, why is T-Bone just... Maybe it's just because he's living there and he, like, doesn't... I don't know. Reading yeah. into the, the... Also, we know what's coming up and we can see the, like, the yeah. synopsis of the next episode. But, like, it's like, is T-Bone just going along with this relationship because he wants somewhere to live at this point? Because he just does things seemingly out of obligation, which could be, like, that could either just be like, oh, he cares about what Ruthie wants, so that's why he's doing it. Or it could be... He doesn't actually care about anything, but he just hears about having a place to live, so he's, like, going along with it. Uh, it also, I just think it, like, it, it... I feel like Ruthie's supposed to be a smart person, so why didn't she use her brain in the first place? When she got the ring, she's like, you are a person who manages a ticket booth and works part-time and is also... Right, it wasn't going to be a real... Like, like diamond he, in the yeah, ring. Like you, he has no relationship with his family. Because did he have? Was he sitting on this ring this entire time? Yeah, but he doesn't pay rent, so he's got all that money. <laughs> yeah, enough to definitely buy. Well, Mac is paying his rent with his <laughs> ticket ticket booth money, so it's obviously kind of profitable. And T Bone is a senior employee, so he probably gets paid more than Mac. But yeah, or maybe gets more hours. It it's kind of it's just kind of sad that we've had a couple a few strong episodes I feel like in a row yeah we have had a few strong episodes in a row uh, for this to go downhill so quickly especially because we're very much near the last quarter of the season. I think it all just goes back to the fact that they have all these people who nobody really cares about and it's just like it's like it feels like every episode is just trying to kill time. Yeah. And so we've got all these like storylines that don't re- like again like was any really really invested at the end of season ten. And what was going to happen to Sandy? No, because I think we were supposed to think that she was going to get with Simon. Yeah. And then, like, nobody cares about Margaret or Jane. I no. cr- Like, if you do, please write me and tell me about, like, why you care about them and why they are compelling. Well, they're caricatures. Like, they're, they, right. they have also, no... Also, and Margaret, they started her... Like, Jane has been, like, a consistent character and that, like, her personality, I guess, has been kind of the same. But they introduced Margaret as, like, the super timid person and then she did, like, a total 180 when the one time when she got angry that, like, Jane was speaking for her, and she's never looked back, and it's, like, I guess she's, like, been liberated by the power of the Camdens being, like, stand up for yourself. I don't know. But, and Mac is, like, and who was, like, if you said it, like, at the end of season 10, if someone was, like, oh, who do you expect to see back in season 11? You said Mac? We haven't seen Mac in, like, two seasons, so why is he back? Like, it's all these people that we're not really invested in, and I don't know. I'd rather let's see what Sandy's up to with her new beau. What was his name again? Jonathan Sanderson. No, not, oh, sorry, Rose. I'd rather see what Rose is up to with her. Oh, no, no. oh what was Umberto? <laughs> Umberto and Rose. Umberto. Like, that would at least be some sort of, some. No, it wouldn't. No, I can't stand, I no, would not want to, I no, couldn't stand either one yeah, of them. I couldn't either, you're right. They were terrible. Um. So, what would you rate this episode? Uh, I'm going to give it a, 
a 1.5. Yes. I hope same. Umberto and Rose are in Italy and... Eating. Yeah, and that I will not ever see them again. So, uh, I would also give it a 1.5. Um, tell us your opinions about Margaret and Jane, if you have them, by coming to any of our social medias. Camdencast at gmail.com, facebook.com slash camdencast, or at camdencastshow on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can listen to our episodes. We have new episodes every Wednesdays and Saturdays on the iTunes, Apple Podcast app, on Stitcher, and on SoundCloud.com slash Camdencast. I'm Tanvi. I'm Aaron. This is Camdencast. Cast.